We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Pack-A-Day, your 24-7, 365 day a year, Pack-A-Day podcast right here on Anchor and on iTunes. I'm Jake I'm Jake Rongholt of PackersTalk.com. Joining me, and hang on, i got to pull out his resume here for a minute. Uh, covered the <laughs> Eagles for 32 years, FabMcGinnFootball.com writer, Betters Insider, and American Gambler. You know I'm talking about the American Gambler himself, Mr. Mark Eckel. Mark, how's it going? I'm good. They're both dot com. So I'm doing a little <laughs> freelance work for it right, right now. Right. and American Gambler dot com. Well, Bob, again, we don't work during the off season, so I got to <laughs> do something, something to keep busy. Right. Well, if we're gonna do plugs, but, then I'm but also gonna do. But we're busy here today to talk about the NFC North, right? Oh, no doubt about it. And shameless plug. Also, Dan Patrick, School of Sportscasting, and host of Turning Points podcast. So there you go. That was our shameless plug, and uh, have yourself a great day. No, I'm kidding. All right, so we are T-minus a couple months away from the start of the Packers season. Hallelujah. I'm just waiting for training camp to start. But I'd like to go down the line of the NSC North because we talked so much about the Packers. we got to find out about the opponents of the NSC North. and What have they done? Have they made themselves better? Have they made themselves worse? We're going to get into that on this edition of Pack-A-Day. Mark, let's start off with the top of the 
keep, and that is the defense, defensive Chicago Bears. What uh, move did you think was their best? The best move they made this offseason? Yes. Mm, that's, a good, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, they, didn't, they didn't do a lot because they were kind of strapped, I think. They... That's a, that's a tough question. You can well, talk about I'm, coaches I'll, too. I I do like the guy they I do like the running back that they drafted Montgomery out of Iowa. Uh, David Mo- Montgomery. David Montgomery. I, I yes. Think, I think he'll more than, than make up for for the loss of 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 Howard, who they traded to the Eagles. Um, I thought Howard was a guy on the decline a little bit. I, I know people like him. He had he had a good game here and there. But if you look at his if you look at his numbers. Uh, over his three years, they've, they've gotten worse every year. I don't mm-hmm. like seeing that in a player um, that tells me that he it tells me what 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 the numbers say. He's getting worse every year. So I saw him kind of. I think the Bears did too, which is why they they gave him away basically. So I I do like the the addition of David Montgomery um, to their backfield. Another under the radar maybe kind of addition, but he's a guy I've always feared. Is Patterson Cordell Patterson, Cordero Patterson. Uh, came up with the Vikings was never lived up to that first round draft status that the Vikings took him late in the first round twenty right. something one year never became that that star that they had hoped but he's always been a dangerous return man and then he did well in New England last year as kind of a jack of all all trades kind of guy you know they mm-hmm. they throw it they you know he's still a good return guy but they they would use them on jet sweeps. They would toss it to him. They would do all kinds of, just get the ball in his hands and see if he can break one. And um, I think that's, I think that's exactly how the bears will use. So that's a guy, like I said, he, he always struck, he always struck a little fear in, in, into me when, uh, especially on, on return. So if I'm Mason Crosby and when, the, you know, opening night, I'm trying to, I'm kicking the ball through the end zone. I don't want him touching the ball. Yeah. David Montgomery, who signed a four year, 4.10, uh, one five million dollar contract with Chicago back on June thirteenth. I like what you said about David Montgomery. Uh, the one that I thought was great was Riley Ridley out of Georgia. I thought that was a bullseye for the uh, Chicago Bears wideouts. Uh, they had, you know, they got Allen Robin. They got Allen Robinson. Don't get me wrong, that's good. Taylor Gabriel, that's good. But Riley Ridley is a pro ready wide receiver and they got lucky getting him late in the draft. I thought that was a pretty good move for them. Also, um, you know, Vic Fangio becoming the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. I'm going off the the trail here, but I thought it was a great move getting Chuck Pagano. Chuck Pagano, if you take a look at the numbers that he did in Baltimore, he will be able to keep that defense going. The only question mark it will continue to be, though, Mark, is that secondary. Lost a lot of talent in that area, so we'll see what happens there. Worst move for the Bears? I think losing Fangio. Um, Nothing against Chuck Pagano, but he's no T.I. I don't think he's as good as Fangio. No, but he's Um, good enough. I was was thrilled. I was, as a Packer fan, I was very, very happy that the Denver Broncos decided to hire Vic Fangio as their head coach and not somebody else because... um, Again, not taking nothing away. Chuck Pagano's a fine coach. He's done a good job at different places. But yes, he has. Fangio just seemed to be the perfect fit. I, I thought he was the brains of the operation last year. Matt Nagy got a lot of credit for hey, he deserved, I guess, first year head coach and took his team to the to the playoffs where they where they choked against the Eagles. But um, so I still I think Fan, I we'll see how good they are without Fangio. I'm, I think Fangio was was worth a couple wins 
for that for that team last year. I think the worst move. I, I think the worst move was the ineptitude of the Bears kicking uh, kickers because I can't believe I'm saying this, but they brought in they brought in four different kickers to the point they got to a fifth Bears kicker to try out here, and then they finally decided on any uh, Panino and some other guy or something like that. But I was shocked that they also you know said Chris blew it away. That would have been awesome. To see behind a Bears uniform. I mean, you can you imagine just the marketing alone for that? Uh, poor Cody Parkey. But, uh, but, but honestly, the worst move well, the Bears I. Bears kicking. I mean, they they're gonna look around too. They're yes. I don't think they're done. I mean, no. There's gonna be a lot of kickers cut between mm-hmm. now and the start of the season. And if a decent one gets cut, and the Bears don't like, still don't like what they have, I'm sure they'll build it. I just. Guy up. Mark, it, you know, it just I'm feels sure like a mess. It just feels like a mess. But honestly, I think the the worst move, the one that made me really like kind of shake my head, was losing Bryce Callahan and losing Adrian Amos to free agency. Along with that, you lose Fangio to go with that. So now your secondary is rebuilding. You got a you got one of the best front sevens in the NFL, but that secondary, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens there. I like Fuller at corner. I like Fuller. I don't mind Fuller. Okay, that's one. At your corner. Principal Kamara is not a bad number two corner. Oh, my goodness. Boy, is he getting long in the tooth. Yeah, I'm not buying that. No longer than Tremont Williams. (laughs) I'll I'll take him over over Tremont Williams today, yesterday, and tomorrow. Well, that's why they went full full on and grabbed Daryl Savage, so they don't have Tremont Williams playing safety position like last year. They have him back at corner. Principal Kamara is a corner. Yeah. I'm telling you, Princeton Nukemar is not a bad number two corner. He's fine. Uh, nah, he, he's, he's okay. One. He's had he's a couple of good one. years, he's but never one. consistent. That's just me, though. Um, let's go Let's go down to the Minnesota Vikings' worst move. Worst move you want first. Um, yeah, why not? They didn't make many. Okay, because he, he asked me best move for last mm-hmm. time. So, uh, I'm, I'm switching it up. <laughs> Was they're, they're well they're they're, they're again they're, they have their fourth offensive coordinator in less than four years. <laughs> now they're going with, with with Kevin Stefanski. They had if you remember going back, it was North Turner, then it was Pat Shermer. Now, now again, Pat believes to become a head coach. Nothing you can do do about that. They hired John D. D. Filippo off the Eagles Super Bowl team. Yes, and they get rid of him in the middle of the year. <laughs> now they got Stefanski. So I, I just don't like the the. Continuity is a good thing some, sometimes, mm-hmm. and the, that's one thing the Vikings do not have on the off, offensive side of the ball is, is continuity. And Kirk Cousins, I was going to call him poor Kirk Cousins, but you can't call Kirk Cousins poor because he makes more money than God. Um, so, but, he, but Kirk Cousins has been with so many different coordinators now, both in Washington and now with, with Minnesota. He's got to be like a little it's, – it's, it can't be easy. So that I, I think the Vikings offense is still going to be, you know, they have great wide receivers. They're waiting on on Dalvin Cook to become who they thought he was when they drafted him. I don't know if that knee injury just may have just may have may have not made him that player that he was at Florida State. But um, yeah, that that that's the I, I think their offensive their lack of continuity on 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 offense is, is going to be their biggest problem this year. Yeah, I agree with you, and I don't know what to, to think about their offensive line. Yeah, they went and got Josh Klein, which is pretty good, but you know, you sent Latavius Murray out the door, so you lose running back depth. 
But I think the biggest mistake they made was bringing back Anthony Barr. Because here, here's something. Anthony Barr, don't get me wrong. He was the start of, you know, this great Vikings defense, okay? He was the first building mm-hmm. block. But you let this guy go off to the Jets, then come back, and then let him fleece you for a five-year, $67.5 million contract back on March 11th. Not to mention, that takes off a lot of the cap. And according to this, this year, he is he got a $13 million signing bonus and is going to make $16 million. Which means, and also another thing too is, Mark, they didn't do a good job rebuilding that defensive line. I don't know what they were thinking there. And it just, it, once again, it looks, it looks like a mess for the Vikings. I don't know what they're doing once again. I don't know why they're making these moves. I like the Garrett Bradbury draft pick, but I looked at this, and the first thing I thought to myself was Anthony Barr re-signing was a big mistake for their defense. Really? That's what I thought. Because I think that I, I was pretty happy when Anthony Barr left, and, and I thought he was going to the Jets to get him out of the division. Anthony Barr, pretty good player now. Well, Anthony Barr is a good player. That, don't get me wrong. But for the salary cap, if you're a Vikings fan and you're looking at this right now, now you got no room to sign any good defensive players going forward because you've given so much. They've already given so much money to Kendricks. You have a good defensive player, Anthony Barr. What do you need? Barr is a good player, but he's not a great player. He's not a great player. He's a good player. Yeah, he's good. Would you want him on the Packers? I'd take him in a heartbeat. Anthony Barr? No. Yeah. No, he's too expensive. No, I don't want Anthony Barr. And if that makes me sound cheap, fine. I'm fine with Zedaria Smith because Zedaria Smith is older. I mean, excuse me, younger. I mean, Anthony Barr is about to turn 27 years old at this point. Young. 27 is not old. For linebackers, That's it is. Wrong. To me, it is. Okay. okay. I'll take Anthony Barr over any Packer linebacker. Oh, right please. And I like Darius Smith from Joseph Smith, but Anthony Barr is a pretty good player. He's a good player. I, mean, I, I don't know. I, he's I, not I, I was happy when he went. I, I was happy when I thought he was going to the, to the Jets. I think him coming back makes the. I mean, it's not like the Vikings had to cut somebody because of their their cap. I mean, they didn't lose anybody that that was important to him, did they? I was talking to my Vikings insider about this, and he said one of the biggest mistakes was Anthony Barr resigning, because well, that takes. That's fine. You can disagree. I mean, I'm not looking for you to agree on everything here on Packer Day. I'm just telling you, as a Packer fan, I wish Anthony Barr was playing for the Jets. So. Well, um, I'm going to disagree on that one. So I, I thought the Jets. I thought they're knock Aaron Rodgers out for the year again. Let's hope not. Let's hope that we're actually ready for that. If, that if, cheap if shot he was playing artist. for the Jets, we wouldn't have to worry about it. No, please. Packers don't play the Jets this year. I'm not looking at it from that standpoint. I'm looking at it from a salary cap point of view because you're talking about salary cap. What are you worried about salary cap for? It's not like they're over the cap or they had to cut somebody. Oh my goodness, the Vikings have are low in the salary cap. Actually, they didn't have much to spend. They didn't have much to use on it anyway. And then they re-signed Anna Thielen. All that money. That's why. That's the problem. They overpaid Kirk Cousins, not Anthony Barr. They they, they they made an average they paid an average quarterback like he was one of the best in the league. That's what I'm saying That's though. Because problem. now but now you have no room to re signing the players that you need to re sign at this who point. Who did they not re sign? Who did they lose that, that you that that's gonna hurt them? <sighs> Nobody. 
I'm just looking at this list right now. They don't have much money to re-sign Daniel Hunter, who has, you know, become something great here in the future. Don't worry about next year, next year. There's ways around the cap. The cap's going to go up. That's the problem people have. They always worry about next year. Worry about next year, next year. I'm not worrying about next year. That's the NBA. Wrong sport. That's the NBA. Wrong sport. Okay. That's the that's the no. That's the one. If you want to talk about next year's sport, that's the one that you talk about. All right, best move for the Vikings. I asked if the Vikings lost anybody because of their because of the cap. Did 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 them signing Anthony Barr force them to lose anybody? You couldn't give me an answer. So obviously the answer was no. They didn't lose anybody. Right. All right. Fine. I'll just take it as a learning moment. No. 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 I'll take it as a learning moment. I'm just saying. Now, next year, if, if this happens, if Barr doesn't have a good year, then I'll say to you, you were right. They shouldn't have, he, he wasn't good, and it, and, and it hurt him. But I think Barr's pretty good. All right, best move. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Bring, bring it back, Anthony Barr. I'll let him go to the Jets. <laughs> and, and drafted Bradbury, who I think is going to be a very good center. I think Bradbury is going to be just fine, yes. But I'm just looking at the numbers right now for Anthony Barr, and all of his numbers dropped. So... He played 13 games this year. He only had 55 tackles and only a couple of quarterback hits. So I thought that, you know, he kind of took a drop in production at that point. And I don't understand why the Vikings brought him back. He took a drop. The Vikings, you know, I don't know. I don't know what happened to that team. I, I kind of do. I, I don't think they ever <laughs> recovered from the beating the Eagles gave them in the NFC title game. You I know what happened to the Vikings. Never, they, they, they never came back from that. They were, it was all the same players, basically. They added Cousins, which everybody was going to put him over the top, but instead they told they, they had an awful year. I disagreed on that one. I, I told Viking fans, I said, I don't know what you're thinking getting Kirk Cousins. I, I don't. I think you guys are regressing. And then you make him the first fully guaranteed player in NFL history. Just sounds like classic Vikings. Now, as however, a, as a, as if we're going to... I think he's a great guy. I'm happy for him, but, he, but like I said, yeah, he's not... They paid him like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Right. That stratosphere, he's nowhere near that, that stratosphere. No, he's not. I mean, like you said, yeah, he's a good guy. I mean, I've, I've heard him on radio shows like Dan Patrick's show, and he's always a delight to listen to. But I'm looking at what I see on the field, and I feel like he's a regression for the future for the Vikings. And I feel like they're going to miss the boat when they can because they have no choice. They have to pay him the full $84 million. So... That's just me. Year, next year, so he, he he gets two more chances, and then that'll be it. I will say this though: I did like their move at right guard, grabbing Josh Klein and re-signing Adam Thielen through twenty twenty three. What about you? Yeah, they're good, they're good, all good moves. That's it. That that's they all. I mean, they, they didn't lose anything. They mm-hmm. didn't. They didn't. They didn't. I mean, they're just they're going to bring back basically. The same team we saw last year, with the addition of their draft picks, um, they did. They lost that safety, but he wasn't any good. I mean, they're not, they're not worried. I mean, no, worried about that. no, it's um, not about the safety. But yeah, I mean, basically, they're with, with a new with with another new offensive coordinator, which is going to bring another yeah another voice that they don't need to. You know, I'm saying that that's my problem with the Vikings, as I said earlier, just that they lack continuity on the offensive side of the ball, and I, and I think Zimmer is too. Um, he pulls the trigger too fast sometimes on his offense coordinators. I feel like that's more in the front office, but hey, that's a story for another time. No, no, I think it's Zimmer. I think it's Zimmer. Okay, 
I hope, I hope I hope the front office isn't telling Zimmer who to hire. That, that would not be a good thing. Well, let's just remind ourselves how many Super Bowls that front office has won. No, that would be zero. That'd be correct. So, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, if that sounded like a little hot take-ish here from the Packer fans, I understand that. But I'm just saying, I thought that was a bad move for them to bring back Anthony Barr. That's just me, though. And, we'll, and, and we'll, you might be. I hope you're right. I really do. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong, and hope you're right. I hope Barr's falling apart. He's terrible year. They did, and they go four and twelve, but but we'll find out. Let's let's go to the Detroit Lions. Yeah, let's go to the Detroit Lions. First off, uh, this is the Pack a Day podcast on Anchor and iTunes. I'm Jake Rongholtz of uh, PackersTalk.com. Joining me, 32 years covering the Eagles, a writer for BobAgainFootball.com, AmericanBetter.com, and BettersInsider.com. Mark Eckel, American Gambler. American, American Gambler. Gambler. All right, thank you. That was on the, the press sheet here. All right, AmericanGambler.com. So there you go. All right, let's go to the Detroit Lions, or as I like to call the clone, I guess, of New England West, if that's what they want to be called. I don't know. First off, let's talk about the best move for the Detroit Lions. Best move. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I think, you know, bring it in flowers. He's a great, hmm. he's, a, he's a top defensive lineman. Um, and like you said, they, they're trying to be New England, but if you want to be New England, you you, you better get Tom Brady. And, uh, Matthew Stafford's a nice quarter, but he's not Tom Brady. So, nah. uh, but, but signing Trey Flowers was a, was probably their, their, was their most expensive move, obviously. Oh boy, and, 90 uh, he, million. He, he will he he will help help their defense. There's there's no doubt about it. He's a he's a good player, and and he'll make that front four. They have big snacks. Harrison in the middle. Um, Dave Sean Robinson's a pretty good player out of Alabama, so he'll he'll make that front four better. Um, another under, again the under the radar move that I liked for for them. Yeah, and this is a kid that I just really liked. I really wanted the Packers to to get him, but he went in the fourth round where the Packers didn't have a pick, and he probably wasn't. I like the tight end better in the third round, but Austin Bryant out of Clemson. He, he was the fourth member of that of that great Clemson front four, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to be a good one, too. He, you know, he got the least attention. We actually talked about him prior to the draft, you and I, I remember. Yes, we did. And I just like him. I, I, he's not going to be a star by no means. He's not going to be as good as the guys that went in the first round, obviously. But I think, I think he's a good bargain in the fourth round that, that will give the Lions some good snaps. Um, I think he'll be kind of like a Dean Lowry. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll play, he'll play hard, he'll play good. Not going to be a star, but he's going to make. There's going to be a game where he makes a big play that helps win the game for the Lions. Um, I just think that was a nice fourth round pick. Yeah, I I think Austin Bryant was a good move by them too. And I mean, you know, Bob Quinn's got to be you know watching that clock and understanding. Okay, you know, I gotta make, I gotta get this team up to at least a ten win team and. You know, I don't know what to say about Matt Patricia, but I will say this. Patricia and his staff made that the 10th best defense in the NFL. And then you got uh, Flowers coming in. That's going to be uh, that's going to be a blessing in disguise for them. I'll, I'll tell you the one that I liked. I thought of getting safety Will Harris uh, from Boston College, I thought was a good one because, you know, you got Glover Quinn walking out the door now and you have to rebuild that secondary. You got a hard hitting Blue collar kid and Will Harris uh, to bring it in for Detroit. I thought that was actually a good one. You know, TJ Hawkinson. I'm really interested to see how he does uh, with the Detroit Lions. Um, I give a lot of credit also to Matthew Stafford, who admitted that you know he played with a broken back last year. I mean, wow. 
Um, coming from a guy who has a life-altering back injury, uh, yeah, that, that sucks when it comes to that issue. But um, if, Now, do you, do you, did you like that pick? What, Hawkinson? Yes. Yes, I did, because they have always had a problem with the tight end position. Uh, last year, if you take a look, they had a carousel of tight ends going around in that position. And you got Hawkinson. There were two guys that were great at Iowa. Both of them had equal playing time. Both put up numbers. And it was a reason why that Iowa offense was okay enough because of Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson. And Hawkinson, you know, there's been a lot of comparisons to Rob Gronkowski in there. I'm not going to go that far, but I am going to say that guy has the ability on the fly pattern, on the tight end post, across the middle, that he can be able to change some things. And also in that goal line, uh, beyond the 10-yard line, will be interesting to see as well. But I thought overall, I thought they did a really great job uh, in the draft as well. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I, I like uh, everything that you said about Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. I tend to agree with, except okay, just me. I don't. I wouldn't have taken a tight end. What, what, what they have? The ninth pick. Yeah, the ninth pick. Yeah, I, I don't take a tight end with the ninth pick of the draft. I think there were better players. Like I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't. I mean, there was a lot of rumors of him going to Green Bay. At twelve, there was. And I, I didn't want him. I really didn't want a tight end at twelve. I. Uh, I wanted a better. I wanted somebody to help the defense. I wanted either yeah. an offense. I, I, I call me tight end biased if you want, but I, I've seen you know great tight ends not go get Zach Ertz for the Eagles. Very mm-hmm. good tight end, right? One of the best in the league now. You you agree? Say again. I said Zach Ertz of the Philadelphia Eagles is one of the best tight ends in the league right now. Oh, that's no you, question. You Right. No second question. Round second round pick. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I don't I don't think you'd get I don't and again, if, if Hawkinson turns into Gronk, okay, Lions made a great pick, but I don't think he's gonna turn into Gronk. I think he's gonna be a good player. But I think the guy the Packers got in the third round is gonna be a good player too. And they got Chase Sternberger. Yes. Yeah, I, mean, I was so over the moon on that one. I just don't think Number nine, there were a lot of good players still on that board at number nine. Mm-hmm. Well, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I me personally wouldn't have taken a tight end. That's just me. Well, I mean, this is the reason why the Detroit Lions tried to you know, unload Michael Roberts. But if you look at their tight end position last year, it was a mess. They didn't have anybody. Right. Well, they needed a tight end. No, I'm not they needed a tight, tight end, end, but I understand what you're saying. You're saying that they, they should have went great, defense. They could have got another great player at nine. And come yeah. back and gotten Stoneberger ahead of the Packers in the third round or in the second. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Again, we'll see how it pans out. Like, just like you could be middle of the year, we'll be doing this. You, you, you'll be telling me, hey, Hawkinson had another nine catches for 140 yards and three touchdowns, and mm-hmm. I would, I'll say, yep, hey, I missed on that. So I just, it's just me. I don't, I wouldn't <laughs> take a tight end. What do you expect? It? I mean, how many tight I mean, ends it's... go that high? I mean, <laughs> We're about to hit the Fourth of July next week here, so I mean. We're putting out pre 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 predictions of, <laughs> of the NFC North right now here at back a day. But uh, no, when I look at this Alliance team, it looks pretty solid. But I'm really curious to see, you know, what happens on that defense. I mean, you look at their offensive line, pretty solid. Taylor Decker, Frank Ragno, 
Uh, they're moving. Uh, they're going to have Graham Glass go over there, Kenny Wiggins, and Rick Wagner. I mean, that's actually a pretty decent offensive line for the Detroit Lions at this. Speaking well, they about that, that, though. They did. That was the last couple of years they made it a point to. to uh, they they want to be, I think they want to be a power football team. But I don't know, I, I don't know if they have the running back to, to add to that. I mean, we'll see. We'll, I mean, the Lions got better. There's no doubt about it. The Lions, I think the Lions improved themselves this offseason. It's just a question of what. So, all right, their worst move. I don't think they made I, I, I mean, I hate to cop out here, but I can't say they made a bad move. Hmm. I don't know, nothing I could. I guess I could say taking Hawkinson at nine, but I really don't want to say it's a bad move. It's just, it's just a move that I would have made, but I can't call it a bad move. You're um, saying it's a reach. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's a reach? Well, yeah, I just wouldn't. Yeah. Personally, Mark Eckle personally would not take a tight end. <laughs> at number nine. Not, not with all the other good players that were still on the board. That's all. Right. I mean, again, but I can't call it a bad move. I'm not going to call it a bad move. I'm just going to say it's a move um, that I would have made. But I'm not going to say that was a bad move because he could be a great player. Um, but I, So I don't see the line. I, I got to be honest. I don't, I don't think the Lions made a bad move. What's your give me maybe I'll, maybe you can change my mind. Well, I like the the Trey Flowers signing, as I said before. I liked Justin Coleman. The one that really made me kind of question myself though was what they did to rebuild the def- the wide receiver core. Look, you got Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. That's good, but you bring in Jermaine Curse and Daniel Amendola. Now Amendola's numbers, if you take a look, the only time that Amendola's numbers improved was when he was in. New England, Miami took a big uh, drop. And you don't know what this offensive is going to be like in Detroit because if Matthew Stafford is playing with a broken back right now, it's kind of a problem. I don't know, and I don't agree with them bringing in Danny Amendola and Jermaine Curse. I, I just don't. It doesn't look right. But I understand why they did it because they had to fill in the blank when Golden Tate was traded to Philadelphia. Yeah, and I think Amendola is going to, like you, like you started New England by, by saying they're New England West. Yeah. Well, they're, I mean, if, they, if they're going to run New England stuff, <laughs> you might as well bring in a guy that knows the offense, right? That that can teach the other receivers what they what, what they want to do with it. So. Yeah, and um, and Mark, the only Curse, thing that right, Jermaine, I don't, I don't know, what, I don't know what Curse adds to him. Well, the only thing that Jermaine Curse is known for is that great catch in the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. That's it. But like I said, though, I mean, that was one of the ones that just kind of made me scratch my head. Amendola and Jermaine Curse, I don't know about that. I mean, if Marvin Jones can't stay healthy, however, I did like I did like that they fill up the depth with Tommy Lee Lewis, but that's a story for another time. But that was probably the one that made me kind of shake my head a couple of times. So okay, I'll give you that. All right, uh, so let's do. So let's really go hot take here. And this is one thing I definitely do not do. But who wins the North and why? Okay, you guys be that now? <laughs> no, 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 I mean, no, no. No, I just wanted to. I... The Bears are the favorite, and <laughs> yes. they should be, I guess. Um, no. I think the Packers are going to be right in the mix, though. I really do. I think yes, if this yes, defense yes. is as improved as we think it is, and if Aaron Rodgers turns back into the Aaron Rodgers that we think he can be, and and I do, I I said this last time on our last or a couple of times ago on the show, I think 
the best Aaron Rodgers is a mad Aaron Rodgers, a a prove it Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah. What, what what made Aaron Rodgers, like, in my opinion, I mean, obviously he's a talented player, a talented athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what made him into one of the best quarterbacks in the league was the fact that he got he came into the league with a chip on his shoulder. He came into the league mad about the fact that he went number 24 when he thought he should have gone one or two. And he held that, and he, and he, he still bothers him, I think. Um, and now he's mad again. He's mad. He had, you know, all the stuff about him and McCarthy, all the stuff about, you know, <laughs> now can he do this, can he do that? And guess what? I like this. I like a mad Aaron. I like Aaron Rodgers in a I'm, I'm going to show you attitude. Yeah, That's the too. best Aaron Rodgers. That's what he's at his best, but he's out there looking to prove people wrong. When he's happy and they, no, I don't like, I don't like him when he's happy. I like him when he's mad. <laughs> All I was trying to, <laughs> I was joking on the those pre pre predictions because, like I said, I don't do hot takes. I hate hot takes. That's just that's just me though. But count on Mark Eckel. But, but count on. But no, Mark. See, here's the thing about you. I'm trying to give you credit for turning nothing into something. <laughs> We're talking about a mad Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there you go. That just fueled the fire for the Packer you, Nation. You agree with me on that? What I was like that? him when he's in a when he's in that kind of when he has. Oh, that I attitude. do too. Uh, you want a hot? I mean, I, I don't know if it's a hot take, but I I've said this for years to people. Yes. I don't think Aaron Rodgers would have. He still he still would have been good. Don't get me wrong. He would have been. There was he was going to be good. Oh yeah. But I don't think he would have been as great. If the 49ers took him number one. Well, no, they didn't have the coaching staff. I mean, yes, you want to bring up, you want to bring up, (laughs) if you would have let me finish, yes, McCarthy was there, but who was the head coach? Mike Nolan. Mike Nolan did not prove himself to be a good NFL head coach. So they were kind of a mess with Trent Baalke and all that kind of nonsense that was happening there. So I do agree with you. On that, because remind... That's not why I'm saying... Oh, okay, well then give your reason. He wouldn't have had that chip on his shoulder. He he wouldn't have had that, everybody passed me, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. He would have been number one. He would have been... Everybody would have said, you're the the best. We took you number one. Okay. Anything else? I think he's better. My point I'm trying to make is I think Aaron Rodgers needs to be mad to to be great. And now, and I think he's mad this... I think he's coming into this season with a little bit of attitude, which I and I think that's I think that bodes very well for the Green Bay Packers. All right, so Aaron Rodgers will be right. this year's Professor Hulk. Got it. I'll remember there that. Anything else, Mark? I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> AmericanGambler.com and BettersInsider.com is where you can find Mark Eckel, 32 years in the business, covering the Philadelphia Eagles. Bobbing at football.com for the last two years. Mark, as always, it's great to catch up with you. And uh, we'll do it again. Oh, yes, absolutely. All right. Well, you're not going to find an NFC North breakdown like you find here on Pack a Day, right here on Anchor and iTunes. I'm Jacob Rongholt. And uh, it's just good to be back. I'll just say that. I mean, I've had a lot of things happening with uh, Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. I graduate November 1st. Thank you for finally telling me. I happened. I found that out on early Friday morning at midnight. That's when I found out that my graduation <laughs> date. So four more months, and uh, also I was in town for Daytona 
of in Daytona doing the Coke Zero Sugar 400. We were getting prepared for that. That starts on July 6th. So I'll have a package up on social media. So that's where I've been for the last couple weeks. It's never a dull moment with the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting at Full Sail University. And that's it for our shameless plug here. As for that, we do actually have a new sponsor, and it's through Anchor right now. If you want more information on that, go to our Pack-A-Day podcast Twitter page, or you can find me at at Rongholt Sports, that's R-O-N-G-H-O-L-T Sports, or Mark Eckel at Mark Eckel 8 Until next time, this is Jacob Rongholt, Mark Eckel, and three greatest words, and the dictionary of the Green Bay Packers is Go Pack Go. We'll see you next time on Pack-A-Day, your 24-7, 365-day-a-year Packers podcast. Have yourself a great weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.